Welcome to the Finnation Podcast, where we wholeheartedly believe women entrepreneurs are leaders that rise together. Success does not have a definition. There are no secret strategies. Women entrepreneurs are rewriting history by defining success on their own terms. Hi, I'm your host, White Gannon, the down-to-earth chick with a different name. Each week, join me for inspiring stories and powerful interviews of women entrepreneurs sharing their lessons to success to help you take your business to the next level. Now, let's go for it. Welcome back to Fem Nation. Guys, I have a really neat guest today. Francesca Witzberg is an award-winning attorney and legal strategist helping businesses stay protected and profitable. And boy, can I tell you, that is so necessary. So I'm excited to dive into what brought her around to this area of work and how her expertise does help women entrepreneurs, all entrepreneurs, any entrepreneurs and business owners to be protected and profitable. Francesca, thank you for coming on today. Thank you so much, White Dove. I'm really excited to talk all things trademark and entrepreneurial ventures. Well, let's dive right in. Tell us, where did your entrepreneurial journey begin? So before joining a firm as a partner and really being able to step into my own entrepreneurial venture, I worked for other people. So I was in big law. I worked for a variety of other attorneys as an associate. And it's kind of funny, um, Netflix is coming out with a new show about big law and the harsh realities of it. But I worked for other people for quite a while. And I was pregnant with my first child and I was going through a very challenging time um, at work because it's something I'm seeing is happening a lot of people my age right now. I'm 30, I'm gonna be 33 years old. It's very difficult to break out from a mid-level to a senior role in a corporate Mm. environment. You're, You're competing with a ton of other people for just a couple of spots. And so that's something I experienced. And um, it was a very stressful and intense time. And then COVID hit. Mm-hmm. My son came two months early, my first child. We were in the hospital for two months. Wow. And it was like all of these things that happened that put life into perspective for me. Like I didn't need to run myself into the ground. Um, the, the toxic hustle culture is something that's real and that I recognized. And so, you know, when you have this little baby who's lying in the hospital, it just, you kind of realize like, this isn't that the other things in life aren't that important. Life is more important and, and love and family. So I left big law and I moved to a firm where I could become a partner. So I had my Mm -hmm. own practice and my own clients and can manage my own schedule. But really the firm is run, it's a woman-owned, women-led firm run by a woman who started the firm 10 years ago around the same time as me, like starting a family. And the setup has been unbelievable, just giving me the flexibility to work from home, um, but go into the city and have virtual offices, uh, physical offices when I need them. And having my own schedule, if I need to do work from 5am to 
to 8 a.m., you know, I can. And then if I take a break at five for dinner, I can hop back on and work till 10. You don't really get that flexibility in a corporate environment when you're working with other people. So that's kind of how I, how I got here today. That's amazing. It sounds like the culture is very supportive of the needs that you have. And and that's what makes you successful in being able to help others is because you do feel supported and you have that, uh, that culture in office, as well as with your partners and your, your, your team, everyone there. So I know that that is huge, huge, uh, opportunity for women entrepreneurs to be, to continue to scale, to continue to grow. But I want to know what brought you into, um, trademarks, IP, what about that? Did you find fascinating and why is that the field? So when I, when I went to law school, apparently I had picked, uh, one of the best schools for intellectual property and entertainment law, you know, like anything you apply and you just, you go where you either get the most money or the best ranked or a combination. And so um, that's what I did. And it was in the middle of, of Greenwich Village, New York, but I had no I had no idea what kind of lawyer I wanted to be. I thought I wanted to be an immigration lawyer, but then when I got there, I started meeting people who were the general counsels of global fashion brands and entertainment lawyers who were traveling back and forth from LA to New York. And it just really excited me. And then I learned about intellectual property law and intellectual property law protects creations of the mind. All, everyone has intellectual property, whether you're a business owner or a creator, um, intellectual property are our photos. There are content we put out, our methods, our courses, um, our clothing, our brand names, it's its so much. And so um, I really was captivated by it all. And I realized it was a perfect fusion of my love for culture, fashion, art, and helping people and helping protect their creative works. So I got into that very early. I, I interned at Tory Burch and Prada USA. And then I worked at a smaller um, intellectual property specific law firm, and I fell in love with it. And that was the road that I went down. What, why would you say intellectual property is an important uh, consideration for women entrepreneurs listening to think of? Maybe they haven't even thought of that. Uh, maybe they're running their business, you know, kind of maybe just going along, building it as they're doing it, and not really had a moment to take that into consideration. Yeah. I think. You know, I, that's why I'm here, White Dove. I'm really on a mission to motivate female and empower female entrepreneurs to understanding what the assets that they have in front of them are. And not only that, not only how to monetize them, but how to protect them. Mm-hmm. Because I feel that a lot of businesses, you know, we're so focused on the growth and the scaling and funnels and revenue, which are all important. But how can you build something and build a brand without even knowing if you own that brand or mm. protecting that brand? And so it's, it's unfortunately, it's something that a lot of small business owners don't think about, like men and women. Right. Um, they'll come up with a name, they'll work with a branding agency, and they'll spend thousands of dollars. And especially if you have physical product, you know, you're putting your names on packaging and labels. To then find out 
by getting a demand letter or cease and desist letter from a from someone saying, no, this is my trademark. I've been using it before you. It becomes bluntly a nightmare, mm -hmm. not only financially, but it's very emotionally draining. And then you have to start from scratch. So my advice to anyone is once you create a business, as, as you're starting to create a business, think of working with an intellectual property lawyer to protect three, three main elements, your names, which could be which are your you know the brand that you're operating under or your slogans most important thing is going to be that brand name your content so whether it's you're an online course creator your coach um, or you have a physical retail store there may be some aspects that you can protect by copyright and the third element is your contracts whether you are people are hiring you or you're hiring people um, you need to have those contract elements in place. And those three simple things can save you so much time, money, and heartache down the road. And they're mm -hmm. your insurance policy because the reality is as we're entering this digital world, everything is intellectual property, whether you you know it or not. Let me let me maybe state an obvious or ask an obvious question, but those are three things that you can help people with, correct? Yes, yes. Intellectual property lawyers, that's a good question. I, I'll clarify this. Okay. Because I think, you know, to empower entrepreneurs, you should know what kind of IP lawyers you're hiring. You want to hire yes. the right one. So intellectual property is broken down to a couple different categories. There's four main ones. There's patents, which protect inventions. There are trade secrets, which is kind of complementary to patents. Um, they protect proprietary confidential information, like the Coca-Cola mm -hmm. recipe is a trade secret. Then we get into trademarks, which are brand names and slogans and some logos. And they could be other things, but that's a very simple um, definition. And then the fourth is copyrights, which protect creative works like books, music, photos, content. And so if you wouldn't want to hire a patent lawyer who maybe has never advised an online coach um, to do your trademarks and your copyrights and your contracts. So um and some lawyers are, are specific. Some will only do patents and some do everything else. And like me, I do everything else. I'm the trademark, copyright, and contract expert. So it's a good question you brought up and an important point for owners to know when interviewing counsel. Excellent. For sure. Because I know that that's an area entrepreneurs and business owners are not familiar with. That's why we need those people in our life. And I uh, just wanted to clear the air there so that they know while they're listening to this, that they can hit the links down below that we're going to be saving for them and, and reach out to you for sure. But I want to go back to your specific entrepreneurial journey itself. What do you love to do outside of your practice? What, what makes you enjoy life in, in conjunction with your practice, because obviously you love that, which is perfect. But what about the rest? I'm so glad, you know, I just am so happy you asked that question because um, we are not our jobs, right? There's this pressure um, to, to define ourselves by our jobs and where we work. And I felt that. And it was very hard for me to step away from a corporate environment. I had an identity crisis 
Like, who am I if I don't stick through and do big law? Um, And then finally, this world opened up to me where I don't need to just be a lawyer or work for this one company. I'm a creator. I'm an entrepreneur. And so for me, I've always loved reading and writing. And I, I actually started writing this year. Um, you know, I write legal articles, I do business articles, and then I have my own fun, like fiction on the side. So just writing in general has, has totally been my own stress release, especially during COVID, you know, now that we're not always seeing friends on weekends, there's a lot of time spent at home and Netflix gets boring. Um, it actually like physically was making me sick quite tough. Like I was like, I cannot stare at another screen, you know, like right. you're going from one screen, especially if you work up, like you're not, um, you know, you work at a computer, right. you go from one screen to another screen to decompress and it just wasn't making me feel good. Mm-hmm. So reading like print books, I read a ton of books this summer. I read all the Bridgerton series and then I, and then I write. That's awesome. I I love the creative outlet of writing. Some people write books, some people write articles, some people write in their journal. All of it is beneficial. So that's a that's kind of a neat thing you bring up because I know that sometimes when our world gets hectic and and starts moving fast, maybe some of those creative outlets slip a little bit, get put on the back burner. We need to always have a focus and reminder to bring us back to that. How do you define success? Oh, it's this is one of the things that has been central to my self-discovery this year. Before COVID, I defined success by hard work, mm-hmm. by going above and beyond. Um, and I realized that success does not mean working yourself to the bone. Right. Um, there is this work there, like I said, that toxic hustle culture, culture, which we see, which is great to motivate us, but there are ways to work smarter and more efficiently. And so that's success to me is figuring out how to channel your energy and get the job done um, in a manner that's efficient and um, effective. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it's a big picture. Success actually has multiple touch points and not just one linear uh, direction, but being able to see and to explore and to find those multiple touch points. Would you say that is something that has helped you identify success for you, what it looks like for you? Yeah, I had to really redefine my definition. You know, I worked in an environment where I was for the, for the, for anyone who knows lawyers or lawyer culture, if you're on partner track, it's a big deal and you will do anything to any sacrifices. I mean, I missed, I missed weddings. I missed family functions. I worked, I commuted three hours a day and I would go in on Saturdays um, to, to the city. So it's a lot of sacrifice. And once I mentally said, no, this, this isn't working for me anymore. There was that time of mourning where I really, like I said, I had that identity crisis. I didn't know who I was without that challenge and that hustle grind. So that's what I did my whole life. I grinded and worked hard. Um, And then I had my son and I just realized like life isn't linear. 
Mm-hmm. You know, you can take a step back, you could slow down, you could go in a different direction, but that that may actually propel you significantly ahead if you channel your energy into something that brings happiness and joy. And, you know, once you do those types of things, I believe that um, once you find your real passions, you could really make a lot more money if you're doing something that you're passionate about versus just hustling and grinding away and really hating your job. You you mm-hmm. may end up just working for a paycheck your whole life. So that's kind of like how it evolved in my life and my definition of success. Well, and that's, that's helpful for the listeners and for your clients, right? Because you understand that and you can help them see that as well as you're navigating through some of the the practical things that are necessary in the business, you can also be kind of that sounding board and and be that trusted resource to help them also see that it doesn't have to be one particular way we can create what that looks like, you know, as counsel or as an advisor, as a mentor, as all of those things that you step into, which is very, very helpful. And I think that's beneficial for people working with you, for you, in your circle, however that looks. Let me ask you, how has the entrepreneurial journey changed you? How would you say? Oh, I feel, I feel free. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's some people that may say, well, I'm not an entrepreneur. I'm an, I'm a good number two. Like there's some people who will say that, like, I'm a good number two and I can take directions and I'm very detail oriented, but I don't want to be the entrepreneur. Um, I would challenge them. I would challenge them to think outside of the box and maybe it doesn't have to be your full-time job, but being an entrepreneur can mean anything. Maybe it's starting a small online business or starting a blog or starting a social media page. Um, I think it's very important for everyone to have an entrepreneurial spirit. And it's something that, especially in the legal industry, you don't hear lawyers talk talk about themselves as entrepreneurs. True. Very we true. Are. We have to be to build a client base and advise them. Um, and so that's really like my advice to to people is you need no matter what aspect of your life or what job you have, industry, um, adopt and embrace an entrepreneurial spirit. Mm-hmm. Very good words of advice for those that maybe don't see themselves as an entrepreneur, but at, you're correct. At the end of the day, that is literally what we're doing in that in in that movement forward, whatever it looks like. This has been extremely insightful as far as what comes next potentially for women's businesses, anybody's business for that matter, because I know it's not just women listening to the podcast, but what you know, what comes next for them in their business and to catch a blind spot maybe they didn't think about. What are some last maybe tips or a reminder of what to remember as they continue to move forward in their business? What would you share with them? I would, I would want, I want to remind people that intellectual property and trademarks, copyrights, contracts, they are no longer just for the fortune 500 companies. Uh. You have an online presence and in promoting your brand and your mission you are potentially left exposed to people stealing your content, stealing your names. Um, and without contracts, you really don't have much legal protection. 
So gone are the days where people can really get away with just a handshake. Yeah. Everything is more visible online. So my advice to everyone is it does not matter how small you are. If you're a solopreneur, a mid-sized business with a small budget, um, these things are inexpensive. They are very inexpensive compared to how much litigation costs and having problems. So my advice to every business owner and entrepreneur is to speak with a trademark specific and copyright specific lawyer. That's a type of intellectual property lawyer early. I do free consults. You can click on the link on my website and my Instagram page, and I'm happy to talk, but there's so much free information out there. So that's my real advice is to reach out to a lawyer to learn and understand the issues. And secondly, budget for these things, budget for three things, your trademark, your most important copyright, and your most important contract. So let me go ahead and say, where can they connect with you so that you can help them with these things if they have any questions? Sure. So I, the easiest is on Instagram. I'm at the trademark attorney and that'll link to my website, which is francescawitzberg.com. Excellent. Francesca, I want to thank you for coming on today. This has been so so insightful and so needed as a conversation as this creative era that we're in, entrepreneurial era that we're in continues to move. We want to make sure that we're covered. So thank you for bringing your expertise on to the Femination podcast today. Thank you so much, White Dove. And thank you, everyone. Guys, I want to make sure that you go back through, get those three points that she shared and follow through with that advice, because it's imperative to make sure that you are covered. And as always, keep moving forward. Thanks for listening to the Femination podcast. If you'd like to continue the conversation, have a no BS place to ask your business questions and connect with like-minded women entrepreneurs, join the Fem community, our free group on Facebook. And don't forget to check out the next 21 day challenge at www.becomeunstoppablechallenge.com. Let's crack the door to what's possible when you begin leading yourself first. If you love this show, subscribe and share it with a friend. If this episode impacted you, it would mean the world to me if you left a review so others know what's possible by listening. I'm already looking forward to the next episode with you.